The Twitter poll that we have going on right now, who has been a worse commissioner? Major League Baseball's Rob Manfred or Big Ten's Kevin Warren? Boys, which would you say? Manfred. Major League Baseball? Anytime a guy comes out and one of his first things he says publicly is, it's just a piece of metal about the commissioner's trophy, which goes to the champion of your league every year. You've already diminished your own... And this is even before Rona. Yeah. You've already diminished your own status. Yeah. You've basically said, my trophy means absolutely nothing. Then, once you, you gave players complete immunity to just spill the beans on how intricate their scheme was. Mm-hmm. Then you you suspend a guy for a quarter of the season for throwing behind a guy um, who... Free Joe Kelly. Yeah. Free him. I, I, and then you threaten to uh, suspend, fine, and do all kinds of unprecedented things. for wearing shoes no. that would have said yeah. free Joe Kelly on him. Yeah, Trevor Bauer. Um, who doesn't even they don't even play against each other because of the new you know division interdivisions. You publicly had a squabble over quote unquote safety issues. Um, I mean, you, prior you delayed to the, the season restart, forever. which we're finding out. Um, it was about money. There are team. Well, I'm saying oh, sorry, if, my if we're continuing my on the safety issues, yeah. we're finding out there are teams that are good at monitoring. Uh, COVID, and we find there are teams who have absolutely no clue what they're doing. Now, maybe it's just me, but you could have gone through protocols, found out how certain teams are doing it and how they're being successful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then make that kind of mandatory for across the board instead of having a team go out for uh, milk and believing that. <laughs> All uh, right, so you're going with Rob Manford then. That's yeah. your vote. Okay. So I don't mean to cut you off, RJ, but I get rowdy because we got Barry Richter coming up in five minutes. Got to squeeze a little rowdy in here before uh, uh, the break and get and Barry. Yeah, RJ, no doubt Rob Manfred is an asshat. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. He has not done very well with pretty much any topic since he's taken over as commissioner. Mm-hmm. Now, if he learned anything from his predecessor, it would be that he should probably sweep a lot of the stuff under the rug, which he really hasn't done too well. No. But I have to go with Kevin Warren. The Big Ten Commissioner. When I, when you go out and say that, yeah, Rob Manfred, he's he's been terrible at this, he's been terrible at that, the one thing I can do when I go home is turn my TV on and watch Major League Baseball because they're playing. Yep. We Kevin can, Warren just said, nope, we we're not playing. But then at the same time has the son that's playing for the SEC that we will be watching on Saturdays when we turn on our TVs. But I won't be watching my favorite team, the Wisconsin Badgers. Well, I won't be watching our failed misery in the Big Ten Championship games. <laughs> I won't be watching Ohio State potentially win a national title, especially because they're loaded again. Well, but you can go watch the ACC, the SEC, or the Big 12 and possibly do something like that. And then I'm going to have to hear the same commissioner, the same presidents that said, nope, we can't play football this year, complain about how they don't have okay, money. Okay, so uh, let me say, on, on, I'm not, can't believe I'm going to say this, but in defense of Kevin Warren, he is, at the end of the day, the mouthpiece yep. for the president's chancellors. Yep. But he does have a say, don't get me wrong. The one thing he is out there looking for 
maybe you could say it's under the guise of this, or it is, I'm sure it's truthful too, but he's looking out for the health and safety of players and coaching staff and yada, yada, yada. He's looking out for these young men, or old men too, and the coaching staff. But in the same vein, is if you're looking out for the health and safety of all Here's these people. Here's the thing, Dad. How I don't come need you looking out for you, my health. Do you not care about your son then if you're doing the health and safety thing? But the thing that bugs me the most about Kevin Warren is when you came out with the announcement to cancel it, it was just so mishandled and so poorly done. But part of the problem, I think, is if it's truly the presidents and chancellors who are like, here – this is our decision. Go make the announcement. If you don't hand the guy something to say and maybe he doesn't really believe in it, it's hard to then go ahead and talk about it. And it takes you roughly nine days, <laughs> nine days to, to get, get new something together to, well, to get the words. RJ, I'm glad you bring that right. letter up because I have the letter in front of me and someone took, went out of their way. I found this tweet from Bobby Carpenter. Okay. Bobby Carpenter, seven year former N- Ohio State yeah, football say, player. Like former, yep, seven year NFL linebacker, you know, Ohio State. He annotated it. He took the letter and he, he I'm going to read it after we get Barry on. So around like 740, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll read the little parts of the letter. He took the letter and he said, I have a full breakdown of the letter of nonsense issued by Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren. Still no info on what changed between the schedule release and the cancellation. It's full of contradictions and fluff without any stats and any science. And he breaks it down by like each line and paragraph. I'll read it and his, and his uh, counterpoints after Barry. But there is... There's some eye-raising things in it, but, man, Rob Manfred has just been an absolute turd well, the, the way other, before Rona. The other thing with Warren, though, is that Manfred had this sprung on him while they were in spring training, so the season was about to start. T-Pain, I'm sprung. <laughs> Warren and the Big Ten had months and months and months to get ready for this. They yeah. had since March. Yeah. They didn't start. They're not going to start playing until September. At least Manfred could say with COVID that at least you know we were uh, already at spring training in late February. We had our first couple weeks of of full spring training, and then this hit, and then it was kind of like a total restart. All right, Kevin Warren had months. All right, boys, you start thinking about more of the argument and counter arguments. I'll get the letter coming up. We have a tweet here from D Bows. A.K.A. Dick Bows. Power name on Twitter here. B-A-U-H-S. I like that. That's a power name. He said, it's got to be Manfred hands down. This shouldn't even be close. Right now, Manfred is leading the way at 52.5% of the vote. So it's a close back and forth one. The one thing that bugged me about Kevin Warren is, I think it's bugging a lot of people, especially the parents of the Big Ten and the players, is the transparency of it all. It's like, okay, can you give us, can you give us, the medicals and the research and the science that used to cancel the season. We just want to see why. And there's been a lawyer has filed a FOIA freedom of information act to get that information. Who knows how long that will take, but we did have Bobby Carpenter played for Ohio state in the NFL for seven years. And he's, you know, he's a co-host on, um, uh, what is it? The morning juice on 97 one. So he's got himself a show and whatnot. And he broke down, Kevin Warren's letter that Warren wrote eight days after canceling the season. And he just did uh, piece by piece. So he underlined a part of this letter in the first paragraph. And this part said, the vote by the Big Ten Council of Presidents. That's what Kevin Warren wrote. And he wrote then, 
Uh, let's see. Uh, many presidents says there wasn't even an official vote, just a discussion. So you saying there was a vote right there is comes into question. And there's another paragraph. He says, as you are all well aware, we are facing a complicated global pandemic with COVID-19 and goes on to talk about the United States as a whole and the world as a whole battling COVID-19. He then highlights that and says, how does the worldwide data apply to the Big Ten's footprint in the Midwest? And I guess out east. Okay, that's fair, I guess. Then in the next paragraph, he highlights a thing that says, health, safety, and wellness of our student-athletes at the center of our decision-making process. That's what, obviously, with COVID-19. And then he underlines that and says, okay, well, how about your son? His son is playing in the SEC for Mississippi State. Last time I checked, Rowdy is, Rowdy, RJ, does SEC's, they're playing, yeah? Mm-hmm. SEC is playing. So Kevin Warren's son's playing, but Kevin Warren in his letter says, with the health, safety, and wellness of our student-athletes at the center of our decision-making process. Uh, then you go down a little bit, and uh, he highlighted one bullet point that Kevin Warren had in his letter. Kevin Warren said, transmission rates continue to rise at an alarming rate. Well, Bobby Carpenter says, numbers are declining in the Big Ten footprint. Then if you go and look at Wisconsin, Cole Van Landen said they hadn't had a positive test in weeks, if not months. Uh, then another bullet point from Kevin Warren in his letter says, as the general student body comes back to campus, uh, spread the student athletes could reintroduce, uh, reintroduce infection into our athletic communities. Communities, excuse me. Uh, then Bobby Carpenter says, this is the purpose of testing, and the athlete numbers have been good. Again, see Cole Van Landen's comments. Another part of this letter, while the data on cardiomyopathy is preliminary and incomplete, that's the heart the, condition. That's yeah. the heart condition. The uncertain risk was unacceptable at this time. So Bobby Carpenter highlights it, and he says, Much is known about cardiomyopathy, since many viral events can trigger it, including the normal flu. And then on the second page of the letter, there's another bullet point. Accurate and widely available rapid testing may help mitigate those concerns, but access to accurate tests is currently limited. That's what Kevin Warren said. Bobby Carpenter comes back and said, Saliva test testing was just FDA-approved. They said access is limited to it. All right, then the next, financial considerations did not influence our decision. And then Bobby Carpenter says, why do you even bring this up about the financial considerations? And then finally in it, it says the Big Ten Conference will continue to collect feedback from student athletes, family, and other con- uh, blah, 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 just other people. And he says, underlines it and says, when the players or when have the families or players ever had any input in, of, of any of this process? doesn't appear like they ever have. They never They never did. So there is um, Bobby but Carpenter. Also, if something just became FDA approved, it doesn't mean it's widely available. True. Yet. I mean, that, I'm not that's saying. That's like wh- the one counterpoint where yeah. it doesn't make much sense. Bobby Carpenter, some of his counterpoints make sense. Others are like, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I get what you were saying, but you have to see the timeline of things and the optics of things. But you know, it's also one of those where they moved to a conference-only schedule because the conference could have had their set um, rules in place for testing for, you know, time away from uh, the the program, uh, time in the program, all that kind of stuff. And then um, it, I think that was an athletics decision. I believe yeah. the decision to not play was an administrative decision, not from the athletics side of things. And yeah, much like the commissioners of the pro leagues, the commissioners of college athletic conferences are the mouthpiece for yeah. 
the the higher ups. Um, so yeah, the president. So like I said, honestly, on the first indication uh, of the cancellation and him going directly on TV <laughs> and not really having anything prepared, yeah, it was, it was I, I think it's because he wasn't he in line with it. Wasn't really in line with it, and it, it was one of those where I have to go out here. And it was like I when Mike McCarthy a, had to be the mouthpiece for right. Ted Thompson, and Ted Thompson never come out to say anything, but it, Mike had to take it. And it's like you you don't have anything prepared because you weren't prepared for the answer you got. Uh, and and that and like everyone's demanding an answer, right. like so dude, that, we need to know. And I think they rushed it, hence why he now has this letter, which is kind of on, fluffy and honestly, full of contradictions. All these parents who said they're going to flock to the Big Ten offices, go to your school. And go to your president's office yeah. and demand to know from them. I think they just want transparency. Like, can't, like, give us the reason why. We just want to see what the data is that you used and why. Because if you're an Iowa Hawkeyes parent, but you look down two hours down the road and you see the Cyclones, Iowa State playing, you're like, how does this make sense? And then you go look at, you know, there's a couple other states too that are just like that. It's like, how does this make sense? How, how can one doctor for the Big Ten, say something completely different from another doctor for the Big 12. You know, it's, I think that's what drives people pretty mad. Like, give us just transparency. And again, I've stressed this all week. That works for all walks of life. Yeah. Not just football. But uh, so I, I feel it's Rob Manfred. Yeah, Rob Manfred be, has been or, taking a lot of L's. Because, quite frankly, I think the decision from Kevin Warren wasn't the decision from Kevin Warren. He just had to... Speak the decision. Yeah. Um, and now he's getting all raked over the coals because he is the most visible out of – I mean, you can name Kevin Warren. Yeah. Outside of Rebecca Blank, I can't name another president or chan- uh, chancellor of Yeah, they just fly under university. the radar. They fly under the radar. Right. They're like, Kevin, go out there. That was your time. See you later, Kevin. This Good is what luck. you signed up for. Hey, first year in the job. Huh? Tough, <laughs> tough, tough crap. Right. Get out there. But I think also what's not going for Kevin Warren is Kevin Warren saying it was a family decision on letting his son play, and I, he believes in freedom of choice. But then, okay, so why couldn't you that apply to the Big Ten? And maybe then? he made that argument and was shot down. And that very well could happen. Because he's not the one who makes the decision. Yeah. The schools that make up the conferences are the ones that make the decisions. Yeah. And so, yeah, as much as – I mean, Rob Manfred – has literally said some stupid stuff. Manfred has been such an idiot in this whole thing. The thing, and just just go back to the Houston Astros. Yeah, he he didn't do anything to the players, so poor Joe Kelly's got to now sit out twenty percent of the season because he took street well, it justice. It went down to five games. Oh yeah, he appealed it. Yeah, is that has he started that yet? I would imagine. Yeah, that, you can't appeal forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> unless you're certain people. <laughs> All right. So, what do you think, Rowdy? Real quick, before we get news of the weird, I still have to go with Kevin Warren. Just the optics are so bad because. You are not playing. Like Major League Baseball, yeah. Rob Manfred's messed it up in a lot of different ways in a lot of different months. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. In a lot of different months. And even before Corona, he was dropping the ball. I might have to vote Manfred, to be honest with you. But we still have a Major League Baseball season. They are still actually open for business. Kevin Warren took over on July 1st, by the way. (laughs) What a terrible what a terrible start to your new job. <laughs> hey, welcome on in. Oh, you heard of this world pandemic going on? Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> Brother. <laughs>
<laughs> and my first move as Big Ten Commissioner, we are canceling the season. Yeah. Well, first move was uh, creating a conference-only schedule. Yeah. Oh. Second move. Oh, sorry. The day before my second move, my first move was creating a conference schedule. Now, kids, I know we to rip it up. I know the next we just day. released a schedule the of three bye is- weeks, and we can move the everything around in case we get delayed. But uh, here's the schedule. Oh, two days later. Oh, actually, we're canceling. The worst part is they had it ready a week before, but the whole Rutgers thing happened where they had an outbreak of a lot and had to shut things down. So for some reason, Friggin they couldn't Rutgers. announce the, the conference-only schedule. Friggin' Rutgers. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Wisconsin royalty, Barry Richter. Barry, what's up, dude? Evil, what's going on? Nelly, RJ, how you guys doing? Oh, pretty Barry, good, Barry. We're, we're doing well on a Friday. Yeah, happy Friday, Barry. You got uh, big plans this weekend, brother? Well, daughter's heading back to college at Wisconsin here. In Madison, and uh, got to move her in, and uh, you know that's about it. Maybe a little golf. Yeah, you know? my man. Now, does Barry Richter take a trailer himself, or does he hire someone to help out, or does does he get down and dirty? Get like you know, you get ready to start moving some stuff, Barry. Oh, we get we get down and dirty, but this uh, she's in a sorority, so I think it's gonna it's all. Oh, out, it's so easy then. <laughs> There's well, nothing about I don't moving know about that, dude. When you know how uh, the oh, girls like pack the clothes. Oh my goodness. Oh my Barry, Barry. It, like if Jen and I, my wife, go camping, we gotta bring in like a suitcase. It's like you know we're you know we're like just in the woods, right? No one's really gonna see you. The raccoons really don't care what you look like. Exactly, brother. Exactly. <laughs> so uh Barry, the chill happening right now, it's nice to have, you know, some sports. And before we talk NHL, just I was thinking about the Foo Fighters, because obviously Everlong is your walk up music here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Have you have we got a, a final say on that uh, Foo Fighters concert that you're going to go to? Was it the Resch Center in Green Bay? Yeah, the final say it's canceled. Yep, oh, it's canceled no, October fifteenth. No. And... no. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know. What's I the know, last? I know. And those guys, those guys aren't young, too, Evo. No. Not young. So <laughs> They're really kinda... not. It's hard to believe that Dave Grohl was the drummer for Nirvana. Like that dude's been around for a long time and just rocking. Yep. It's crazy. What's the last he concert is. you saw again? Do you remember? Oh God, I think it was. Um... Jeez. Now you're, now you're challenging me. I think mine was ZZ Top, but it was. Yeah, um, uh, I'm just missing it, dude. I'm missing it. That's all. Yeah. Very rich. I thought something at the Sylvie. Yeah. yeah, I thought something at the Sylvie. I can't remember, but it was. Uh, it's too bad. It's too bad you missed that stuff. Barry and I, we were killing it at Greta Van Fleet at uh, with his son too. That was a good time. Um, that, that was, was a good really time, good brother. Show. That was awesome. All right, Barry. Enough about concerts that are happening right now. I missed <laughs> yeah, the before yeah, time. No, sports. Let's get, the sports, Let's get some of them sports, brother. NHL underway, Barry. It's um, it's nice to see. We're getting it done. There's no like five overtimes. I haven't seen that happen now. But uh, what is uh, what are you checking out in the playoffs? So we already got today. The Blues and the Canadians face elimination. There's one team. What are we What are we eyeing up in the playoffs, Barry? Yeah, that, that's that's tonight. But uh, just to recap a little bit last night, because I, as I said before, I talked to you guys weekly. Good storylines. You had the Islanders who closed out the Capitals, and remember Coach uh, Barry Trotz, yep. who uh, was with the Capitals, won the Cup with the Washington Capitals, and then for some reason, after two months, they couldn't come to agreement on a contract. <laughs> I can't you can imagine that. And and this guy's a really good guy, right? So it's not like he was asking for the world. And then the uh, Capitals went in a different direction. So a very emotional win for Trotz. You could see it shaking the hands of the players in the line. Um, but uh, but Islanders, you got to watch them, man. They they look really really good. A lot of speed, a lot of young players, uh, and they play with really good structure. So uh, that was a great series. And then uh, for the Islanders, and then uh, the Stars. I mean, this was a crazy game last night. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Just uh, sort of watched it this morning when I was working out, but. Th- 
because it was so late. But Calgary's up 3-0, like the first six minutes of this game last <laughs> night. And then the, the Stars scored a goal at the end of the first period, made it 3-1, and then they rolled them yeah. and scored another six unanswered, 7-3. Stars closed out Calgary. Pavelski has been awesome. Plover, Wisconsin. Badger, Badger Hell yeah. There. Joe Pavelski had uh, a goal and two assists last night, had a hat trick uh, a couple nights ago. So, I mean, this is uh, – now you see the Stars sort of getting the legs. And that's one of the, the theme of watching these NHL playoffs is sort of like the beginning – and then feeling out, and then and then you see these teams that were supposed to be really good, didn't do well, maybe in the round robin or early on in the playoffs, and now they're starting to get their legs. Barry, I'm looking at this. I mean, yeah, the the Flames scored seven consecutive goals to eliminate – Sars, excuse me, to eliminate the Flames, excuse me, seven consecutive goals, marking the first time in Stanley Cup playoff history that a team trailed by three goals and then led by four in the same game. That's nuts. <laughs> Barry, let me ask you. when when, when you're in a game like that, is there just – does all of a sudden the net just look extra wide? Is it like, can you feel the floodgates opening? Or is that like – how do you feel? What you happens feel on the, the ice? Momentum. You, you totally feel the momentum. The the ice is almost slanted. Uh, you feel it on both sides, and you, you feel it if you're on the, if you're on your heels. You feel it, and it's just like they're slow. You can't get to the puck as quick as they are. They're chomping on the bed. They're salivating. They smell blood in the water. They're throwing shots on net. It's going off shin pads. And if you saw a couple of goals, they're sort of unlucky. But at the same time, you make you create your your luck. You create your breaks in hockey, and and it is. It's really hard to stop. And there were timeouts on both sides. So Rick Bonus, actually the coach for the Stars, had a timeout after it was three zero. He probably should have called timeout after it was two zero because they were getting rolled in the beginning. <laughs> and then uh, and then he called it after three zero. Boom, they score a goal, 3-1. So now they feel okay. End of the first period, and there's only two goals behind. And then it just and it just went you know south for the Calgary Flames in the second period. And that's when their coach actually called. Maybe a little bit too late. And then he changed goalies, which was sort of, uh, you know, they, 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 the, the critics sort of said, hey, he might probably not should have, should have changed goalies when it was 3-3 because their backup is really not, not as good as their, their starter. So it can. It can. Momentum is a big thing. And the other thing, Ebo and boys on this, is that, listen, there's no home ice advantage. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no crowd behind you that's just like, you know, so this is the stars apparently were playing on the road last night because they, they were the away <laughs> team. And, and so there's just no, there's no disadvantage really. You're just playing games, and that's a little bit different, other than the, uh, they get the last change before the faceoffs. Mm-hmm. That's crazy stuff, man. It's, Barry, do you have like a, a favorite memory of a goal you scored? Uh, I do. I mean, I, there's there's a couple where obviously your first goal in the NHL is your is your is one of your you know favorite memories, just getting that first goal, seeing that go in. What it feel like for and you? Then, uh, Let me ask you, oh, bro. Guy, growing up, obviously you're you're a hockey legend. Growing <laughs> up, you're watching the NHL. Your dream is to play in the NHL. Um, what did it feel like to score that first NHL goal? Well, against the San Jose Sharks, and I and I remember to this day, and it was just a it was sort of a slap shot from the point, and it sort of knuckleballed and went in. It had some seeing eyes to it, and and uh, you're just happy, right? <laughs> you're just happy. You don't you want to get that off your back and just get the first one, and and then anytime you score against your former team, so uh, anytime uh, and now you have some players that are playing against their former team in the playoffs, but anytime I was playing against the Rangers' former team, and I. 
I walked Brian Leach and, and scored a goal, and it was just one of those great moments, you oh, know. And I, and I didn't play a long time in the NHL, but just to do that in the, in the garden, Mascore Garden, was just a, a treat. Barry, I, you're so humble. It's 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 awesome that you're such a humble, cool guy. You played in the, Barry. You played in the NHL, dude. I, I didn't. Yeah, play, I, I didn't, didn't play that long. I didn't no. play for a long time. <laughs> Barry, you man, my man. You played in the NHL. You're a beast. <laughs> You're a legend. Uh, All right, Barry, so let me ask you, when it comes to, you know, you scoring on goalies and whatnot, I'm looking at, the, you know, the Blues are facing, uh, Blues, the Canadians facing elimination. The Blues are coming into a big game. They're undecided on their goalie for a must-win game six. How does that happen? Like, when you have an undecided, is it that an uneasy feeling when you don't know who's going to be between the pipes? Well, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's an uneasy feeling because I, I believe the players feel good about both goalies. And I think I, I think the nod's going to go to Jake Allen in this. Um, even though uh, Jordan Bennington took him to the cup, you know, uh, uh, last year, and so to speak. So yeah, I, I see I see him going to Jake Allen. He's playing a lot better than what I've seen from Bennington. But, uh, you know, the players don't matter either way. They're going to support and they're going to do whatever they have to do for whatever goalie. Goalies, as I always told you, are a little bit different. Yeah. Don't look at them. Don't talk to them on game day. Don't even get in their way, you know, and uh, and they have the routine. So it's uh, it'll be very, very interesting what happens in that game just because of the goaltending and the and the, and the and the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, everyone's been sort of saying they're like the old, I wouldn't say old, but the the, the Chicago Blackhawks of uh, of the, the old Stanley Cup where they had these young players like Hayes, Kane, and and um, and Duncan Keith where they have some really, really good young players that are playing for them. So that's going to be a great, great game tonight. I believe that's 945, a um, little bit later game. And then they have the Flyers-Canadians, which has been back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's there's some bad blood between those teams yeah. there, too. Taylor Swift's so, bad blood. RJ's, good. RJ's got a question for you, Barry. <laughs> so, yeah, RJ, shoot. you know, uh, talking about goalies and things like that and uh, which one, like the Blues, are trying to pick between one. But, I mean, you go back to the uh, the Boston-Carolina series where, you know, Boston ended up taking care of business, took the series 4-1. But in the middle of the series, you have Tuka Rask who – uh, you know, for family reasons, decides to leave the bubble uh, after playing in the round robin, uh, the first two games of the series, uh, and then kind of takes his leave uh, right in the middle of, of the playoffs. Um, you know, it, it's a little odd because some guys decided to not even enter the bubble on some teams, and I think he's one of the only guys who is now just middle of, of a series or middle of this entire thing just decided to leave the bubble. Um, I know in terms of baseball, a lot of the clubhouses are uh, okay with guys leaving. They understand the family situations. But I felt like as I was hearing that announcement and watching the NBC coverage, like some of the announcers almost seemed offended that he even entered the bubble and decided to leave. Uh, I'm guessing internally in that locker room, that's not the case. They're not the guys who are like, well, why'd you even come in? Right. Yeah, they, you know, it, and I was uh, and RJ, you're very astute. Hell yeah, uh, he's watching. He's watching Mike Bill, Milbury's comments on that, and uh, and that's what Mike Milbury said for NBC Sports is that uh, you know he felt that uh, that was uh, you know should have been done a little bit, made that decision a little bit earlier. But you really don't know, and I think you, and if you look at the soft side, you look at what every player has been saying from Boston is that, and, and it sounds like from the GM uh, from Don Sweeney is that maybe there's some things that we just don't know. Right. And so and, and when you really take a step back 
And, you know, with anyone, you don't really know what's going on with them and their brain and everything and everything. And, and, and what, what we're all facing, right. And just being cooped up. I mean, everyone's been uh, reacting a little bit differently. And I know he's had a newborn to Garask had a newborn yeah. and uh, he made some comments uh, after one game where he lost. And it just, he said, it doesn't even feel like the playoffs. And, you know, my body's not in game shape. I've been off for four months and, and I don't know. I don't know the truth of what's going on, RJ. I'm going to try to get the scoop. I'll try to get the scoop. Yeah, scoop for it you. up for us. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can, but I'll try to do that because. But, but I think the players, you know, they're coming out and saying the right things, and it feels very uh, uh, legit um, yeah. and honest that they sort of uh, want this guy to take care of family. Um, and and so I know he's getting a little bit of flack for that, but at the same time, I think it's uh, we. I don't know if we know the whole story of what's going on, and so you got to respect that. Uh, it puts Boston in a tough position, but, uh, you know, Yaroslav Halak came in uh, and did a great job, and uh, we'll see what happens in the next series. And that's one of the teams that I talk about. Boston did not look good early on. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking pretty good. Now they're looking well, looking like the yeah. top team. And they, that they left reeled off COVID. three wins with Halak between the pipes. Yeah. So, I mean... It, it, they yeah. have to have some confidence in there for that to happen. So that's good. Yeah, Barry, we uh, well, and, yeah. And, I, and, I, and sorry to interrupt, boys, but it's 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 you know whether it's uh, they're being truth or not, you always have to defend your your teammates. Oh, of no course, what, right? Mm-hmm. That's your boys, and, and it's uh and 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 what's said out in the media might not be a hundred percent always the what's really going <laughs> well, on. I, 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 liked, I liked Milberry too because he's like, I've called Boston home for the past twenty years. I'm offended. I'm like, what? Like you're not even associated <laughs> with the team. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, Mike, I was coached under Mike. Mike was uh, over at the Islanders when he was there, and he's an old school guy. He's yeah. very old school. If you ever watch in his comments that he makes, um, he'll make some really pointed comments about the game of hockey and, and maybe some old school things here and there. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, I see his viewpoint. Um, but then again, once again, boys, we don't know what's going on inside uh, the head of two. Hey, Barry, in your playing days, would they give you like bulletin points to say to the stuff to the media? Like, here's what you ha- can say and can't say. Evil, you know the bullet points. Chip it out. Make the first pass. Yes. Play simple. <laughs> shift after shift. Yep. Keep your keep your stick on the ice, Barry. Stick, Do know? the simple things and right. Rise up. <laughs> Ride the storm. It's Ride the, the storm. The you know, time. never, you know, never, never say never. You know, I mean, come stick on, on buddy, the ice, stick much. on the ice, head on a swivel, Barry. Let's go. Head on a swivel, boys. Well, hey, you guys have a, a good weekend. It's, uh, you too, brother. I, I think I hear the music. I think it's my walk-off music. But uh, well, Barry, I mean, I would love to know. talk with you for hours, but unfortunately, we got to you know take care of the sponsors here. You got to take care of the yeah. I got to take care of the family, right? And so, um, uh, come, right, guys. come September, Barry. If you see a sad, dejected looking man standing out in your parking lot, that's me uh, trying to tailgate before a Badger game. Okay. Oh man. Well, I'll come out and join you, buddy. All, All right. right. You guys well, have a great week. Bloody weekend. Mary's on me. See you, Barry. All right. Take care, see you, buddy. There he is, Barry Richter. <laughs> yes, Bucks get it done over the Magic. Everyone chipped in, unless your name was Chris Middleton. Getting it done for the Milwaukee Bucks. What a what a win. What a I don't want to say it was a statement game is what I thought the Bucks were gonna do. Because following the loss, the following the loss in the regular season this year, the Bucks were twelve and four, and they would win by a margin of fourteen and a half points. Bucks win in a big way, bounce back. 
111 to 96. Giannis doing only something Kareem Abdul Jabbar has done, but <laughs> Kareem did it 18 times. Giannis became just the second player in team history to have at least 20 points and 20 boards. My man. And game two, it's Bucks take it. It's tied one apiece. Now we got a nooner tomorrow for game three down in that bubble. It was uh, it was nice to see. It felt good. I felt at ease. But then you have the Brewers last night. And, you know, Brandon Woodruff, I mean, what's the take on Brandon Woodruff here? He gave up nine hits, but scattered nine pitched, hits. Scattered, still pitched pretty good. Through five plus innings. Didn't have his best stuff. Wasn't stranded, terrible, though. Yeah, stranded runners. But again, once uh, Freddie Peralta came in and allowed one of the runs that was inherited, he only had two earned runs on his line in five innings. Yeah. He didn't pitch bad. It wasn't like he went four innings and all of a sudden they were down eight to nothing. The Brewers, check this out. The Brewers now fell to 24 and eight in starts by Brandon Woodruff over the last three seasons. You, I think you take 24 that. and eight. I think you take uh, that. That's pretty already, good. Yeah, that's I think that's all right. 75% of the games he starts. <laughs> Math on the fly. Well done. I think you're going to be all right with that. Uh, so up next, we got Adrian Hauser on the mound. That's tonight in Pittsburgh as I start a three game series. Brewers are on their longest. Road trip of the season, and he's going against Chad Keel. What do you think of Chad? Got an ERA at 3.21 right now to uh, Hauser's 3.27. Chad Keel, 0 and 1, while Hauser's 1 and 1. Well, Pittsburgh, just in general, is by <laughs> far stinks. is by far the worst team in baseball yes. this season, except you know, except the, in the first inning. We we talked about this year where. You know, really anything could happen, right? If a team gets hot for a two-month stretch, you could be a terrible team. But if you get hot, you're going to be right there. Look at what the Marlins have done. Yeah, The Marlins have been in first or second place in the National League East for the first four weeks of the season. How many people saw that coming? Yeah, they had games that they missed Yeah, they due had to the COVID. Rona. They went out for a yeah, milk. Yeah, they may be 500, but 500 right now is good enough for second place in the NL East. Yes, sir. But then you look at all these teams, and you're like, man, some of these bottom feeders, you know, you got uh, San Francisco Giants out in the West are 11-16. and 16. The Nationals are 9-12. and 12. The Mariners are 8-19. and 19. Detroit, 9-14. and 14. Kansas City Royals, 10-15. and 15. Boston Red Sox, pretty manima, or eight and 18, just not good. But then you get to the NL Central seller and you have the Pittsburgh Pirates, four and 17. <laughs> but guess who's in the first, just the first inning alone, though, Rowdy? Who's the worst team in the majors? Your Milwaukee Brewers. Who's the second worst? Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> so I'm thinking there's going to be a big offer in the first inning tonight and Saturday. And Sunday. In fact, that might be a little teaser for the Action Zone, which we're going to have at 8.50. And then after the Action Zone at 8.50, we're going to hear from our sports director, Zach Heilprin. He was at Packers practice. But speaking of the Packers, Rowdy, what was a big to-do we had yesterday? It was the Green Bay when we had our Packers insider, Rob Reichelon. Now, Robbie usually joins us Thursdays at 8.20, but my man had some prior commitments. He joined us an hour early yesterday at 7.20. Robbie was saying, and well, I saw it all over Twitter as well, the Packers are now making it so, the publicly owned Packers, mind you, are making it so the big J's, the reporters that go up there to cover the team during practice, they cannot report on what players get reps with what team. They can't report on how many carries like an Aaron Jones or a Jamal Williams or an A.J. Dillon would get. They can't report on basically anything on Twitter anymore. Scheme, nothing. They never really did that anyways when it comes to the scheme and whatnot. They can't even speculate what the depth chart will be on Twitter. 
that, and you know, Rob Reichel was saying, talking about it yesterday, saying like this is kind of yeah. Rob crazy. was a Rob was a little perturbed. Well, I think I think I think all the big J's, the journalists up there, were a little perturbed because I don't know. Last time I checked, covering and reporting on the team was their job, and covering and reporting on the team would essentially be like, well, Aaron Jones is with the ones. Uh, I think uh, it's safe to say Aaron Rodgers. Is probably going to be with the ones, and right, Rowdy? And that's the thing that no one really cares about. Yeah, no, no one cares one about cares that. about Aaron Rodgers playing with the ones, or Devontae Adam is a, is out there with uh, taking taking snaps with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, they got it, fourteen snaps. We, together. we all know that. Like that, that's common knowledge. Those guys are going to be there. What what the average fan and these reporters that cover the team want to know is who's winning those second team battles. Who's winning those third yeah. team battles. Who are the guys that are on the fringe of the roster that are all of a sudden turning heads the first few days of practice. And you can't do that. Last I checked, it was the people's team, Rowdy of the publicly owned green Bay Packers. It's the people's team. There's a piece of paper that tells me I'm an owner. And last time I checked the guy that was turning heads in, in the first few days of practice that was a fringe roster guy normally doesn't really uh, matter when it comes down to the regular season in winning real football games. Right. Like, but okay. I guess you can't report about it. I know a lot of people, you know, journalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on, you know, who they work for, what they do. And I'm not talking just sports, but just news in general and whatnot. Like you, ha- you having someone that reports on something g- gives you access an eye into something. I love the Green Bay Packers. I love knowing more about the Green Bay Packers. That is essentially what a reporter does. It gives you, it opens the door a little bit to things that, as a normal Joe Schmo. Yeah, you're not there, and especially in a, in a you would never know in a COVID season where there aren't any fans allowed, where normally they would have fans. Fa- fans want NFL football. Fans want Green Bay Packer football. Fans want to know exactly the more detailed information because. Like we've said, we know Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback. We know Devontae Adams is the best receiver on the team. We know that Aaron Jones is the the big time playmaking running back. We know that Cl- Kenny Clark is the. You know beast what else we know? Mid- you know what else we know, Rowdy? That AJ Dillon got the thickest thighs in the land. And the, and those are things that are irrelevant for the <laughs> upcoming season. Like we want to know relevant things with the roster, the scheme. Like you said, we want to know. Is Alan Lazard looking good? Do they have him running more with the fur, of the, with the wands? Yeah, do, or, yeah, do they yeah. have him more in the two wide receiver sets, or is he in the three wide receiver sets? But guess what? You can't do that anymore. It's like, huh? Aren't you a publicly owned team? We got. We want to know is the, the, is the, the Bob, Packers is Bob Tanyan looking good because we've seen potential from the guy. We we hey, think they're thinking he might be the number one, but I guess can't report yeah, on it. We think he he might have some uh, a ceiling here. Same with Jay Sternberger. Yep. We've seen a couple games where he looked good, but the thing was he's been hurt most of his uh, rookie season. Can we know how those two guys are looking versus uh, defenses? Can we know what Rowdy. sets those guys are being used Rowdy. in? We have Josiah DeGuara. He's a rookie. Rowdy, you said you want to know how Big Bob Big Bob Tanyan's looking? Well, I saw a picture of him. He's rocking the man bun. What do you think? I'm not a man bun fan. <laughs> You'll never ever catch me in a man bun. But if he plays well, he can wear his hair however he wants. Yeah, you get him, big Bob Tanyan. Now Brian Gutekunst gave a reason for putting the clamps down on what the media can report, and um, 
And at the end of the day, is this story like a big deal when it comes to on the field stuff? No. I mean, what, what a reporter tells me on Twitter is not going to affect how the Packers play in the season. But fans out it's there. It's the principle. It's the principles. And fans out there, you're like, I would like to know more about my favorite team. Like, why can't I hear about that? Did the Packers have a bunch of like stock sale or something? And I didn't hear about it. And Vladimir Putin like bought everything. Like, is he the one putting the clamps down on information? I don't get it. Did China come in and buy us? I'm not sure. But here's Gutekunst on the reason for putting the clamps down. I think there's multiple reasons. You know, I think, again, as we kind of got into the first three days and kind of seeing the landscape of what other teams were doing and kind of just the information we were gathering, again, about 8,000 people at practice and four preseason games, I just thought we were a little bit at a disadvantage and wanted to kind of equal the playing field. What do you think of that, Rowdy? They thought they were at a disadvantage and wanted to equal the playing field. That's why you put the clamps down on the media. I don't know how you could say you're really at a disadvantage since every team is going through this <laughs> and every team is dealing with this and every team is trying to combat this. I, everyone's on the same playing field. Uh, here's more from Gudukunst. So we were talking yesterday. We're like, all right, with, with this news, if you are relying on other people's, other teams, reporters to game plan, then you probably shouldn't be in charge of a team. Brian Gutekunst talked about whether they are looking at other teams' media for scouting reports. Here's more from Well, the certainly our, our pro scouts have always followed the kind of the, the local beat reporters and all the teams that they cover. Certainly this year, I think it is more prominent just because there are no preseason games and you have less to go on. Again, how, you know, are we going to make decisions off, off that information? Maybe, maybe not. But it's all helpful to us uh, as we go through and we attack the job that we have to do. <sighs> They have a film department, right? You would imagine. Where there's dudes probably right now grinding tape of everything they can get their hands on. I, I, I'm going to go on a limb and say they're not looking at um, you know, Joe Schmo's Twitter account if so-and-so got an extra rep in practice or not. If you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they practiced in Lambeau Field yesterday, and – uh, by the way, we're here gonna gonna hear from our sports director Zach Heilprin at nine o'clock, who was there covering it live. My man, we'll ask him about how. Because uh, I was joking around, I'm like Zach on Twitter. Tell me who got reps with which team and how many. And he gave me the the Kembe Mutombo finger. No, 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 no. But he did tweet out a picture of them at Camp Randall, and it's uh Lambeau Field's going to look a little different, obviously. No fans in the stands for at least the first two games. They're going to tarp off the first, what, six to eight rows for advertising. And the Packers yesterday played, like I said, in Lambeau Field with piped-in crowd noise. So I think that's what we're going to get for the upcoming season. Let's see if we can hear it. So there's the, there's the sounds of the Packers practicing. with. It sounds like Vuvuzelas off into the distance. My God. I hate Vuvuzelas. But Brian Gutekunst was talking about how great of an experience it was for the players to be in Lambeau and that crowd noise that they might have for home games. I do believe there's going to be some kind of crowd noise. Um, we were uh, practicing with it today, and I think it was good for our players to get out there and be in that environment. It's going to be different how much crowd noise and the levels of crowd noise, the difference between indoor and outdoor stadiums. I think that's kind of all to come. I think the league's still working through some of that, and we're trying to be as prepared as we can to uh, give our players the best uh, experience before we actually have to you know, go to Minnesota. What do you think of the crowd piped in crowd noise, Rowdy? I mean, they do it in Major League Baseball. It's 
you know my stance on the Major League Baseball. You don't like it? I'm not a fan of it. It just seems disjointed. It seems kind of out of place or out of context. In I, don't a lot mind. Of I don't mind it. I think it fits. But but sometimes it's like, man, if the crowd should be more fired up with what just happened. Instead of just like a low noise buzz. I don't mind it. What do you what 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 do you think more is tacky, the cardboard cutouts or the crowd noise? Whew. <laughs> or the virtual fans if you go to the NBA. Virtual fans are kind of See, I'm at the cool. I'm at the point where we're watching these games and you're not even really paying attention yeah. to, to the cutouts anymore. It's kind of just I hate to say it, it kind of feels like normal now and I don't want that to ever be normal. The cutouts you don't I don't even really acknowledge them or I guess pay attention to them. After you I know, saw a weekend at Bernie's. I saw Bernie there. That was cool. Well, after the first week of the season, the you were kind of looking Royals? to see if there would be like a funny one or if there was yeah. someone you knew or if there were famous people there. After it, it's just kind of like they're just kind of there. The only thing with the piped-in crowd noise is you can definitely tell it's piped in when it's it's just not the right noise or sound level for a certain situation. My question. Like, like there was one that was really bad. <laughs> and it was a couple. And it was earlier in the season where where a um, player popped it up kind of to foul territory, like uh, just to, I think it was just barely to third base side in foul territory. Yeah. But the crowd started like cheering pretty loud, loudly all of a sudden, like like the guy hit like a fly ball to the outfield where it was like it's like okay, Cubs, that, Cubs fans when there's a pop fly, they think it's a home run. Okay, that ball was never had a chance of being a hit, yet the fans were were like, all of a sudden what? a little bit louder than yeah. normal, and you're like that doesn't even make sense. Like Broski, that don't fit. So, my question is, and I'm always get a little perturbed when the home team gets booed by their home crowd, but if you're just laying a total turd out on the field. Sometimes you deserve to be booed by your home base. Do you think, Rowdy, there is a button up there who's ever operating the fan noise of the boo home team? And if there <laughs> is, would they press it? It's Hey, aren't we trying to have a real-life game experience? Haven't we heard home teams, the teams we cheer for, get booed while at home? I was there at a Packer game. Unfortunately, the one where Mike McCarthy got fired, where we were booing the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. I don't think you'll ever hear that. You don't think so? Or since the Packers brass has now clamped down on media members to not report on anything, do you think now if fans start trickling back in, they'll have like the hit squad out there, and if anyone boos their own stadium, they'll pick them up and throw them out to beat them senseless? You got the KGB in there trolling around? Yeah, they'd probably actually cite him for like something else though. It'd be like <laughs> social distancing broke. Yeah. You were you were five feet ten inches. Now we're gonna throw you in the gulags. Get ready for the gulags, Rowdy. You're gonna get reconditioned. But really, it was just because you were booing the team. <laughs> we're throwing you in the gulags, folks. You can't boo your own team. We're getting reconditioned. <laughs> To the Green Bay Packers, who are drinking water on the sidelines. The Green Bay Packers had practice in. Or is it Gatorade? Gatorade. I'm like I'm like the water boy here, dude. H2O is better. All right. Lambeau Field. Packers. Move the practice into there. Here you go. Piped in crowd noise. Everyone's excited about it. Apparently it was competitive. Practice was like an hour and 45 minutes. In a time where you're Matt LaFleur said they're going to be lucky to get the 14 practices in before the season even starts. You have no preseason games, obviously. And you're practicing at a time for just shy under an hour and 50 minutes. How long? When you were playing football, Rod, how long were your practices for? 
And this is man, this is high school. But I would say two hours minimum. More than that, yeah. I would say for high school, because that was I don't even know if they do it anymore. But the two days, yeah, I think those were. So when we had two days, you would show up in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. You might. It was like you get a lift in. And then you went out there, and if if your schedule was for like three hours or three and a half hours, the lift was like an hour, and the practice was two and a half. Then you would come back later that night. And these are you guys are just kids. I mean, these are professionals who are trying to prepare for a season that's they're behind a lot. Yeah, you would come back later that day for another two or three hour session. Now those were those were the two days. Once normal practice started, I think, man, we got out there during football season, I want to say we got out there around 3.30, 3.45, somewhere yeah. in there, and you were done by 6.30. So, I mean, it's still probably about two and a half hours. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're tops, hour 50 yesterday. Um, but looking at it, you had a couple people not practicing yesterday. Uh, let's see. It was outside linebackers. Darius Smith was out for a second day. Wide receiver Devontae Adams sat out after suffering an ankle injury on Wednesday's practice. LaFleur said he's not concerned, though, about either player, that they should be good. In fact, here is more from LaFleur. On Devontae Adams going down the other day on Wednesday. Yeah, I think anytime, whether it's Devontae or any other player, you know, you see a guy go down and certainly it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But at the same time, you said it best, you know, the, the show's going to go on and it, it's a next man up mentality. And and fortunately for us, you know, he, he's going to be just fine. All right. So I'm glad Devontae's going to be fine. But LaFleur says it's just next man up mentality. My God. If Devontae Adams goes down, I am scared who's going to be the next man up. Who the hell is Rodgers even going to throw the ball to? Well, I guess we can't know anymore because the, the Packers don't let the media members report on that. All right, yeah, here- I, You know you're not going to get a straight answer from LaFleur about what would happen or what would the game plan be if Devontae Adams went down. Yeah. Because I don't even know if he would really know what to do. <laughs> I know last year they used more Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, when Devontae was out, Aaron Jones was a beast those four games. So maybe he would try and go back to that. But and Alan Lazard at times. He's probably more or less crapping his pants. I think if we Devontae all, Adams. I think we down. all are going to be crapping our pants if Devontae Adams goes down. I almost I had a turtle head when I just heard that he went down Wednesday in practice. I was like, oh no. But then I heard he was all right and then, right back in. All right, so here's more from um uh let's see here. LaFleur when it comes to the offense. No fans in the stands. On whether that is going to have, um, you know, when it comes to home field advantage. Come on, Matt. Where are you at, Broski? Here you go. Here's more from the floor. You know, that's none of us have really experienced before, but I, I'm certain that there's going to be some advantages from, you know, the familiar setting just in terms of not only the type of cleat you wear in, in Lambeau and, like you mentioned, the lack of travel. So it'll be a unique experience for all of us. Unique experience. He says it will make it easier on the offense. Though. I'll be interested to see what that ambient noise is that the NFL is going to give to us here, hopefully sooner than later. But you look at it from a defensive perspective when you're at home and the crowd is super loud, it, it makes it tough on an offense. Not only that, I think the energy that the fans bring, and I, especially our fans, I thought they did a tremendous job last year. So the guys are going to have to dig deep within themselves and, and find that energy to go out there and play. Did the fans really do that well last year? Didn't they like implement some fog horn that sounded like a giant wet fart to try and get the yeah, fans? And they, and they, they also flicked the, the lights. lights. They flicked the lights on and off during a, a scored a touchdown. I mean, maybe you can make the case that there was really no fans in the stands. I mean, noise wise, last year, if you got to flick the lights on and off to get people fired up, you got. I think you got yourself a bigger problem. 
You know, fans in the stands, though, at least for the first two games, let's be, do you honestly think that they're going to come back after the first two games and be like, well, COVID's gone. Come on in. I'd say the only hope for that would be the fact that Green Bay is not located in Dane County. That's, yeah, that's true. But would I do I think it'll they'll have fans in the stands by week three? No. No. No, no. I mean, the Packers, they sent season ticket holders. I know you can't see it unless you're watching us on Twitch. This beautiful face mask. It's uh, It's got a little, you know, the G on it in the upper left. It's, I thought you uh, lost that. I found it. It was in my car. My my wife cleaned my car out for me the other day. Wait, are those your headphones? Rowdy. All right, Packers getting after it in Lambeau Field yesterday. That's where they moved their uh, practice. Jordan Love. Jay Love. Probably uh, excited to get out of the grips of Gary Anderson to go come to the greatest franchise to ever grace God's green earth. Yes, the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love said you could feel that energy. Can you feel it out at Lambeau Field? Yeah, you could definitely feel it. I mean, um, just being at Lambeau, um, we were flying around. We had a lot of competitive periods today. So, you know, dude's been flying around every day since camp started. You know, once we put the pads on and go full go, guys are flying around and getting after it. So it was, it was uh, pretty exciting today. Flying around and getting after it. Hell yeah. Do you believe him? Yeah. Just because there's no fans there, it's not a normal... Dude, it's his first time like I know, practicing at Lambeau Field. It's got to be just on cloud nine. Yeah, I believe him. Maybe just as a, a fan... I don't think and, he's jaded uh, as you yet, Rowdy. Just a, as a fan where it's just not the same as what it normally is, it just... Maybe as a fan perspective, well, it doesn't feel the same. Here's more from his first practice at Lambeau. We had a walkthrough there, I want to say like two days ago. It was the first time me being at Lambeau. So you know, it was awesome just coming out of the tunnel and seeing it. It's uh, a lot bigger than I thought it was. But, uh, you know, finally getting the first practice in there, it was, it was, uh, it was a crazy feeling. That's got to be awesome. Dude, when I walked, the, fr- the first time I ever walked to Lambeau as a kid, you're like, holy sh- Nikes, this is cool. And even walking up when there's, like, nothing going on, like sometimes if you're up in Green Bay and you just want to go check out. Now, this is in the before time when you could actually do stuff. Like you could go to the pro shop or something. Just walking up the stairs, even if nothing is going on in the area, just being around Lambeau, it just feels, like, historic. I can, you can just feel it in the air. Uh, more from Love. Uh, on um, playing with Aaron Rod- or working with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's great for me just being able to sit there, be in the same room as him, and just hear how he thinks about plays and go out to practice and watch him put it together. It's really awesome for me to be able to just see and take in and you know evaluate him and evaluate myself and just try and do my best job to learn by watching him. So it's been really good, though. I mean, like I said, he's a great person. Uh, been able to help me. They're all like they're all hunky dory. It's happy go lucky out there. They're shooting the crap, high fiving. Oh, I don't think you should be high fiving. High fiving, COVID nineteen, and then it seemed like the complete opposite of the Rogers Favre relationship. Yeah, but that's right now. Obviously, it was a little bit uh, strange. Or you know, Aaron Rodgers had to go, come out and do interviews because everyone was wondering what Aaron Rodgers thought when the Packers drafted Jordan Love. Yeah. And, and Aaron Rodgers actually seemed to be pretty honest. He's like, well, I wasn't happy about it per yeah. se. He poured like the biggest glass of tequila yeah. he could find. But I understand it's a business. He said all the right things, right? Yep. I'll be more interested to see how the relationship is in two years. Yeah. <laughs> because um, we know Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback in a, in a COVID-19 weird, hardly any shortened practices, no preseason. Sorry, and- Jordan Love never had a chance to start. 
And Rowdy, even though the Packers now have clamped down on the reporters to say they can't report on who's taking reps with what team and how many reps, I think we all can say with confidence, despite the Packers saying they can't report on it, that Rodgers is the number one quarterback. Yeah, and I think... I think we can safely say that. Even with Jordan Love coming in and being extremely good, say, just this this shortened season, this this weird COVID season, it's already going to put him in a disadvantage for next year because he didn't get that full normal year as a rookie. Yeah. I think this is a topic that we're going to have to revisit oh, in well, two years where he enters, where he enters his third season in the Rowdy. NFL. The Jordan Love Aaron Rodgers debate is going to be a, a topic that is at a premium moving forward for the, for the foreseeable future. Year 3 will be the interesting one because that's when they can take the cap hit of only 17 million instead of 30 plus. I remember when um Jermichael Finley was on the show I had Jermichael Finley on a couple of years ago in person. He was doing a little uh, stop. I think it was just in the area. And his agent reached out and I said, hell yeah, get Jermichael on. I love me some Jermichael Finley. He's always had a lot of things to say about Aaron Rodgers. And he's never strayed away. He's never been shy about it. And he's never really changed the story on Rodgers. It's always been the same thing, whether you like it or not. That's Jermichael Finley's truth. And that's what he says. And he was talking about if you aren't reading your playbook and you aren't doing right in practice and you like maybe are asking too many questions, you can easily get thrown into Aaron Rodgers' doghouse. Now that is from Jermichael Finley. Here is more from Jordan Love on whether he has... Well, before you play that, don't you think it's a little different being a backup quarterback asking questions versus a wide receiver slash tight end asking questions? Because I feel like... If now, he was, the quarterback has way Rowdy, I mean, I did the interview. I was there, and he was saying it was for every player out there. Yeah. Essentially. I was just wondering if you think it would be a little different coming from a quarterback because they have so much more that they have to learn well, than the individual players. Where This is just me thinking with Rodgers where he goes, okay, Jermichael Finley. Okay, Jermichael. You, you have to learn one route during this play. I'm supposed to know your route. This guy's route, you know what I'm saying? And where by the way, might, last season you didn't really catch the ball too much, dude. Yeah, where I could see where he gets frustrated because it's like, you have one job on this play. To I'm, catch my beautiful pass. I'm supposed to know 10 different things, and you're not figuring it out. And I you got see, stones for hands. I could see where he'd be a little more lenient for a rookie quarterback, in especially in this type of COVID season. Yeah, so here is Jordan Love on if he has any hesitancy of asking Rodgers questions. Taking like I would treat him by else. You know, just kind of sitting back right now and in the meeting room taking kind of a seat behind him and just hearing what he has to say and you know if I got input I'll put it in and he's got input he'll tell me so it's you know it's been great but I wouldn't say it's hesitancy so there you go I mean he's like yeah I'm gonna do it why not let's get after it dude all one team broski treat he did he just drop the golden rule on us treat others the way you want to be treated essentially I think he just dropped the golden rule on us Zach Heilprin sports director Ebo how's it going Um, what do you think of my shirt by the way I'm questioning it. It looks I, like it was described as grandma's wallpaper. <laughs> I, I can see that. It's, that's it's that's floral. definitely it. Yeah, it's yeah. floral. But then you're trying to add in like the the lack of chest hair that you got. Oh yeah, I have I have like three little sprigs that come out, so I just pluck them. Like I, I'm guessing Nelson could not pull that off. Nelson that shirt. Yeah. If I pulled it off, there would definitely be some chest hair coming out. Nelson looks like Teen Wolf. Nelson looks like Teen Wolf. You would also know that I've been drinking because each drink, more (laughs) buttons come undone. Oh, so that's what happened at the the golf tournament two years ago when you had no shirt on. You must have drank them dry. Yeah, and then my shoulders needed just to be, you know, had to rotate (laughs) them a bit, and then the shirt just came off. Isn't that when you got burned? No, that was at Elkhart Lake. That was Elkhart Lake. Self-diagnosed third-degree burns. And couldn't come into work. When did? And then you had the foot injury too, right? Well, that, that was at the was, combine. 
Our okay. own combine. That was a oh. combine. Right. Okay. As a guy who had second and third degree burns, like I have, you can visit, you can see my scars, right? Yes. Rowdy, where's your scars in your shoulder with your third degree, second degree burns? See those freckles? Never had <laughs> freckles in my life until that burn. <laughs> see that skin? That skin still ain't normal. See those freckles. Oh, God. All right, Zach, speaking of it being hot and the sun beating down, you were at Lambeau Field yesterday for the Packers practice. How yeah. was it besides hot? Well, I can't really speak to about you didn't get a, you didn't get much, second and third degree burns, did you? I did not, and I can't really speak to anything that happened there. So, uh, oh, you, I thought you no, just couldn't tweet about it. I'm, no, oh yeah, no, you can't talk about it. Can't can't you can't even about talk it. about it. Can't put it in stories. Like you can't. Yeah, it's like stop reports. Yeah, stories. I thought it was just tweets. No. What about iPhone notes and then tweet it out? <laughs> what if you just give me the info and I put it out without pic- saying your name? Well, where would they get it? Where would you get it from? I'm that smart. How about we blame Rob Reichel? All right. He was on yesterday. We can blame him. All right. He seemed so, a little perturbed about the rules. Are you perturbed about the new rules? So Rob Reichel told me that someone was working with the first team at right tackle. No. I, I, <laughs> I, I understand it. I see what you're doing. I understand it. Like, I get it. Um, well, like, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand it. But the thing is, like, he's saying that, that other teams are going to be looking at it and people are going to care where guys are on a depth chart, and I don't get that at all i don't understand that like we're not talking about tyler irvin you know where he's lining up yeah even though it's really interesting information because what's he gonna do is he gonna help out the offense being a running back is he gonna be the special teams guy like to me like that'd be one thing saying where he's lining up you're not supposed to do it they wouldn't even let us do that before i remember back in 2012 or 13 was covering a practice and the fans eight thousand fans are up there and randall cobb lines up in the backfield and I tweeted it out, and I got Green Bay. You got PR. reprimanded. Yeah, they're like, you can't, you can't tweet that. I'm like, there's eight thousand people looking at this stuff. <laughs> there is so many people here looking at this happen, and I'm the one that can't do and, it. And I can't say anything while there's other people taking video of it up in the stands. But that's that. That's one thing. There's no fans, and so you would not say that. But the fact that I, just, I can't say that who's winning the right tackle battle. Like who's with the reps that are going in at right tackle, the guys that are uh, you know playing through at wide receiver, like who's in the spot for Devontae Adams when he didn't play yesterday? Yeah, you know, like all that type of stuff. I don't, I don't get that. Well, especially with the right tackle, it makes no both, sense. Both guys are well known veterans in the NFL, so they have all the tape they want on them. Right. Yeah. No. It's it's. Uh, I, the other thing about it is that the waiver aspect of trying to get guys through on the waiver wire after you cut them. Yeah. And if you're if they're seeing tweets about these guys getting a ton of action and they're doing well and all that type of stuff, or a ton of action high in the depth chart, sure. but they try to get them through on waivers. Maybe that, but it's very, uh, it's, it's, I mean, fit. it's over the top, I think. And I, I it may be, and Did they're you, saying this is just this once, like it's only going to be this year. This Gutekun said that yesterday. It, well, he said like we were at a disadvantage. Isn't every team at a disadvantage? Well, I mean, Detroit's uh, beat writers are, Play by play, like yeah. showing guys and saying where they're lining up, like yeah. they're taking it to another step. So, I don't know. I, I didn't think anything that was tweeted out by us, uh, the reporters there. So, were, like, were I, could, if I were to ask you, I couldn't ask you. Well, I could ask you, but you couldn't answer. When I say, how many carries did AJ Dillon get yesterday, and with what team? You you would I say can't I, can't, you, I can't tell you what team, but in terms of reps, he took quite a bit. And he, how was? But I can ask you besides his his like. Adonis thighs. How did he look outside of that? It was really, really uh, in the run game. It is what it is. Like they're not tackling, so you can't really totally tell. Sure. However, in the pass game, he's he been, went untouched through the hole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, in the pass game, he's been very, very impressive. Like he, he caught another ball right down the seam from Tim Boyle, 
Will Redmond came over to give him a pop, and he hit him, and he kind of bounced right off and just kept going. Like it was, he's he's a much better receiver than I think he probably got credit for coming out of college. He was working that real. He was working on that really hard over offseason, wasn't he? He did. He did. Uh, he did it in the pre combine, and then him and Jordan Love worked together uh, prior to coming to training. So camp. speaking of Jordan Love, how was he? I mean, you can talk about how he was looking, right? Yeah, he led a, a really pretty two-minute drill yesterday. A couple big-time throws from him to uh, Darius Shepard, including one that set up Was there some controversy? a 48-yard field goal. No, because Tim Boyle's been probably... No, I mean, controversy as in a Jordan Love pass. I thought they said, like, if... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there was a, it, we, we couldn't tell on the other side of the field whether oh, okay, it was gotcha. actually caught or not. The uh, defense was saying no. The offense was saying yes. Of course. They gave it to him. And it set up a Mason Crosby field goal to like a 48 arrow field goal. So but he like, was linking up with Darius Shepard? A couple of big time third down throws. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, he also took a sack, which you can't do in a two minute drill. Yeah. And he also probably would have been sacked a couple more times, but Lef- um, Matt LaFleur did not end the play. But he's he's had his moments, but he's also been like, what I here's there was a perfect example of what a rookie quarterback is. They were, you know, they're doing those throws into the, into the net. Yeah. And his first throw, he, was, he went over there, threw it. They completely just missed the board entirely, <laughs> right? Like, it didn't even come close. Well, I got, Jordan Love? Uh, yes. Yeah. I have video of Definitely him. couldn't have won the Peyton Manning camp. No, he couldn't have. There's not a chance that he could have hit a moving golf cart. Hornybrook can. Um, and then the next one comes back right in. Like, it's he's just – the consistency isn't, isn't there. Well, did he say the first time he missed it, he goes, damn it, Gary Anderson! And then the second one, he's like, that was all me, baby. I no, he said, damn it, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> How is that relation? I mean, I, I know you don't know per se, but Love was talking about a little bit in his comments we played earlier. And is it noticeable on the field that they're like chumming it up and they're buddy-buddy? Yeah, Rodgers has been, I don't want to say in his ear, but he's been right there with him when anything doesn't go right. Or even when things do go right, Rodgers is still there like you know, congratulating him or talking to him about what he can do better. We saw a video yesterday of him spending like at least like 30 seconds after one of those throws mm-hmm. just into the net talking about him and like w- what he should be, you know, his footwork and everything like that, not having the offseason kill him yeah. in terms of his footwork. And that's such a big part of playing quarterback and he hasn't had it. So, and he didn't obviously get it last year with, with Gary Anderson. No. Um, so that's, that's a transition, but Rogers has been really good with him so far. Good. Uh, Zach Halpern, our sports director joining us right now. He was up in green Bay yesterday covering the Packers practice as much as they would allow. You didn't see Vladimir Putin walking around. Did you? Did they like have a big stock sale and Vlad's like bought a bunch? He's like, no more reporting. No, he was busy poisoning, uh, the, his main opposition in Russia. Oh, he's, they had the 40,000 people are going to start taking his cure. Did you see that in Russia? Did you see him poisoning his main opposition in Russia? No, I didn't. That, he's I in a coma me. right now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Sounds like good strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're a guy like Vlad. All right, so you're enough about him. You <laughs> should have brought him up. Well, he's got the cure, bro. He's got the cure. And you can't do your job anymore because of the Packers. He bought a bunch of stock. That's the Conspiracy Theory Friday. Who bought a bunch of stock? Vlad. Vladimir Putin. And the Packers? Yeah, there was a secret sale you didn't hear. So that he could do what? Silence the reporters. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when you're there, man, were they experimenting <laughs> with... Was that yours or his? That was mine. That's okay. him. That was on the fly. Right. So when you're there, did, did you? what was it like with the crowd noise? The piped-in crowd noise. It was It was actually pretty loud. Like, the video that I put out was, like, when it was yeah. really, really loud. I, I thought we, it was, we played it a little earlier. I, I thought it was... Did you think it was pretty loud? I thought I it was. I mean, it wasn't, like, screaming over the top, but it was it was loud. And Matt LaFleur actually had him turn it down because they haven't worked on their silent cadence yet, something that you would probably do in... Pre- into uh, yeah, because the season's coming up pretty quick here. Three weeks from Sunday. Yeah, uh, but some, the silent cadence is something that you would do 
you know, and put in previously. Yeah, when the COVID took it away. Right. Yeah. So, but obviously, good Aaron thing. Rod- good thing Vlad's got the cure. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to have an issue with that. But no. yeah, so they haven't. They hadn't put the sign in. But he said if they at that volume, they would have to have a silent cadence because it was that loud. But we'll see. The Vikings. I don't know, man. They're they're not completely ruling out having fans. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. Right. I think it was like uh, up to twelve thousand, perhaps. And then what? The Chiefs are opening up with twenty two percent capacity, and you have. I think I think Jerry's world is still fifty percent right now, and uh, it's, 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 it's just, just different everywhere. Yes. All right, so Zach, my question is: If you're allowing fans in, are you still going to allow the crowd noise? That's a good question. Like just, that should be a no. Should be either or. I agree. You should vet all those fans that are in those. Like, how loud can you scream? Right. Yeah. yeah. Give us your loudest scream. We'll tape it. And then if if you're loud enough, you can come in. If not, sorry. Yep. Tough cookie. That's how you get in. Yep. Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. So, anything else that stood out uh, for the Packers yesterday before I transition to the you know the Big Ten here? Uh, anything? Anything I mean, that you it, like took injury, a note on? Obviously, the injuries are starting to pile up yeah. a little bit. Rick but Wagner, no Zadarius, no Zadarius no Smith for a th- second day in a row. Devonta Adams, no. Um, Rick Wagner left during the practice with an elbow injury. Like it. They are starting to pile up a little bit. Montrevious Adams, I think they may have escaped there with uh, just a sprained toe, but he yeah. left on a cart, so I don't know how. <laughs> well, dude, I've had turf. I don't know if you had turf toe or not, but messing your toe, it feels like your foot's like broken. You can't walk on it. Right. And I'm not trying to compare myself to Montrevious Adams, but right. I had a sprained toe. It's terrible. Yeah. But I'm a much softer individual than Montrevious right. Adams. In terms of guys that stood out yesterday, MVS had a really good day. And the, which is what they desperately need yes. from him. No kidding. Um, and uh, Christian Kirks, he kind of stood out. And then some of the young guys, like Kamal Martin, the inside linebacker from Minnesota, uh, blew up a couple plays. So, uh, you know, various guys standing out on, uh, it seems like, on every other day. All right, so uh, Big Ten talk. We had a poll out right now. Um, who has been the worst commissioner during this time? Was it Major League Baseball's Rob Manfred or the Big Ten's Kevin Warren? Kevin Warren, I don't, I don't need to get your take on that, but just the Big Ten specifically, is with the – First, this report came out from a guy named Jeff Snook, who was an Ohio State reporter insider, saying that they're working on having six teams. And then I'm like, is this actually true or not? You're shaking your head no. But then Kevin Warren came out and like squashed everything. He says, all right, I may have not been clear when I first canceled the season and, or fall sports, but eight days later, here's my letter of what's going on. What was your take on the letter brought out by Kevin Warren, who I don't think it was much clearer besides saying there's not going to be football. It was eight days too late. Yeah. But no, what they laid out the same way that the Pac-12 laid out, the uh, medical reasons for not having the season. Whether you agree with them or not, they laid them out. Um, clearly, a lot of people still don't agree with them. Uh, seeing protest, uh, the protests going on down at Big Ten headquarters in Rosemont this morning uh, with – Ohio State parents, really, and Iowa parents, and um, there's too many things missing going by me today. Vladimir Putin poisoning and putting his his rival in a coma, and there's a protest of parents. Yeah, at the Big Ten headquarters. Yeah, uh, Adam Rittenberg. We should have done e- our show down there. Adam Rittenberg from ESPN is is there, um, but he. So yeah, I mean, whether you like it or not, that's that was the reason why they laid it out. And Kevin Warren's kind of been a uh, bit of a. Um, He's been the the president's and the chancellor's puppet. Yeah, he's be been the there. lightning rod. He's been the one that has to go out there and answer. We haven't heard from Becky Blank hasn't really answered any questions. Have uh, we heard anything from Wisconsin really besides Barry Alvarez being like, we're going to lose $100 million? Well, Barry Barry came in and had a, had a press conference after it was called off. Yeah. So, I mean, it was certainly something he spoke, Paul Cruz spoke, we got from the players, they spoke. So I don't think we, I don't think you necessarily need anything else from, from that. But the president's and the chancellor's, the fact that you can't release what the vote was – you know, overwhelmingly is not 
good enough for people. No. And uh, so. Well, it's, it's confusing. I know it's the president's and the chancellor's, but then you have the like Penn State's athletic director being like, well, if there was a vote, that's news to me. Well, she's not in the meeting. Yeah, that's the thing. But like, shouldn't you all get on the same? I of think course, the, yeah. The, the, the PR mis- the, the PR. Big Ten, the, the worst thing they've done was not have a conference with themselves and be like, here's what we're all going to say to the public. Yeah, the, the lack of messaging is remarkable. Do you think we'll ever get transparency? Oh, I mean, they filed like, they like file their medical reports. I know there's a FOIA, there's a Freedom of Information yeah. Act filed and whatnot. Do you yeah. think we're ever? I hope we get it, but I don't know how long. All that you, information is is definitely open to the public. Do you know how long does it? Is it just an arbitrary number of days or weeks? Uh, or is you have to respond within a certain amount of time, and it's not it's not a like six months. Yeah, it's it's much pretty closer quick. than that. It's you I don't look, look pretty quick. It's the government, of course, so <laughs> it's not going to be pretty quick. Don't but, get me started on the government, but uh, Zach, he's going to get that information. And uh, he's going to out it. Now, this guy's, yeah, it, it's, the information is going to come out. Yeah, and I think I think some people get kind of, con- they have a question mark. They're like, how can Kevin Warren do this? Who is, like you said, the talk, the mouthpiece for the chancellors and presidents? But how can he say all this while his son plays in the SEC? He's not the commissioner of the SEC. There's that. And then you have also the same thing of like, well, okay, the Hawkeyes aren't playing, but the you know Iowa State is. I think people look at some of these scenarios and they're like, how does this make any sense? And I think transparency would be the best thing. Yeah. I think the Big Ten would say the Iowa State shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I so, think the Big Ten would say nobody should be playing. You know what I mean? Like, that's – that's so the Big Ten doesn't have control over Iowa State. The Big 12 does. Yeah. And I, the biggest – I mean, the biggest thing is we all knew what was going to happen when the students got back to campus. There were going to be outbreaks, and they were going to shut things down and essentially turn it back into a bubble. And that's what North Carolina's done. It's what Notre Dame is, is doing. It's what NC State is doing. All these schools are going to be playing with no students on campus. It's just, uh, I mean, hurt, there's certainly a case that they shouldn't be playing play, For sure. uh, paying players. So let me let me ask you on um, – oh, I just had a brain fart here. I was going to ask you something about the Big Ten. Now I can't remember. Total brain fart. It happens. That's all right, though. Yeah, oh, no. I was going to say, what's your gut feeling when it comes to the ACC and the Big 12 and the SEC? I think the contact tracing is going to be too hard to overcome. I continue to think that. The contact tracing being, of course, when, when you come into contact with somebody – that has it or uh, suspected to have it, you have to be out for 14 days. That's an NCAA rule that you have to be out for 14 days. And I don't know how you're going to feel the team when when the contact – when you're practicing every day and everybody you come in contact with, pretty heavy contact with, is going to have to be uh, isolated. So when you hear – I know it was – what was that last week or two weeks ago? I think it was last last Friday when Cole, or was it two Fridays ago? When Cole Van Lannen said the comment – Last Friday when he said those comments that we haven't had a positive test – in weeks, if not months, yeah. and what they were doing was working, yeah. and then they, you know, the, they're obviously beside themselves about the season being canceled. Right. When you hear that, and do you think Cole Van Lannen's ever going to be allowed to talk to the media again after something like that? Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin. I think all the schools should be sending their players out, and letting them talk because they're the ones that are most affected by this, and let them talk uh, as freely as they want because the schools aren't ha- like a major. A lot of the schools aren't. You know, the football programs are not happy about the decision. They fought. Uh, f- to play, and the and chancellors and presidents said no. So I think the athletic department is more than willing to put these people out there and let them uh, let them take shots at the Big Ten yeah. as opposed to uh, the AD or the head coach or anything like that. They're taking the a different tack than uh, Nebraska. And real quick, um, if they do do it, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but if they can do it and the players agree to it or find a way, football in winter? Love it. January? Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be pretty cool. And, and obviously, what they they wouldn't play it 
at Camp Randall, would they? No, I think they're probably going to utilize the indoor stadiums in the Midwest. Okay. So whether it's uh, up in Minneapolis, or Detroit, or Indianapolis, or even I guess Syracuse. I mean, uh, out there. I mean, there's there's a bunch of different options they could use. St. Louis. We'll see. I think the plans get. My guess is, or my guess, I've I've read plans going to be coming out pretty quickly here. And Zach, we we'll appreciate see. your time, and I also loved yesterday when I asked you to give me specific reps and who was working with what team, and you gave me the Dikembe Mutombo. No, 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 no. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. There he is, our sports director, Zach Halperin. <laughs>